grab this sheet. Last time we used scriptures. This time we're just going to use simple prayers, um, simple questions. There are pens going around. Hopefully there will be enough. And the directions are very simple. We're going to take like 10 minutes for this. So there's plenty of time, no rush. Um, Just pray that first prayer to the Lord. And then just listen. Pray the prayer, listen, write down whatever comes into your head. Don't worry about whether or not what you're writing down is right or not. You can think about it later. Right now, let's switch our thinkers to off and turn our listeners to on. And we're going to ask God each of those prayers. And then we're just going to listen, write down whatever comes into your head, and then you can move on to the next one. Don't rush. we got plenty of time. And at the end, there's space for you to journal. Just if God is saying something to me right now, what might that be? And it might be tough. For a lot of us, it might be tough to start writing. Um, But just start writing. I have found, this is a little tip, by the way. I have found, this is not only true for myself, but I found it's true for many, many people. If you just start writing, sometimes things start to flow. Even if you start out sort of making it up, so to speak. Um, For example, you could start out saying, what do I want God to say to me right now? If I wished God could say something to me right now, what might it be? Start writing, start journaling that, and sometimes that flows into what God is really saying. Um, But it's that step of faith to start writing uh, that's difficult to get over. But once you start doing it, it's great. And we can go over it later. What you're writing down is private. It's just for you. Nobody's going to make you share. So, Lord, we ask you to speak to us now. Holy Spirit, we thank you that... Jesus promised us that you would lead us into all truth. And so we ask you to lead us now to speak to our hearts. Help us to open up and listen. We get a little soft background music. We're going to take plenty of time, so no rush.
started. So how is this exercise? You know, some of you have done it before, some of you have done it several times. New comments. Off. Hard to write at the end. A lot of people just don't do it. They just they're like, I I I don't know. Which is okay, you know. But um, that's why we that's why anyone does exercises in anything, right? Because the more you do something, you, the better you get at it. You know, the the Alex kids didn't become star tennis players in a day. It took a lot of work and a lot of practice to get there. Anybody who's done sports knows that, right? It's true about just about everything, it's true about work. Sarah wasn't born with the ability to be a surgeon, to go in there and do whatever she does that I don't even understand and like keep somebody alive or whatever, like that's crazy stuff. It took, you know, 16 years of training <laughs> and a lot of money, um, a lot of hard work to get there. So learning how to hear the voice of God is like that. It takes time and it takes a little effort on our parts. Um, did anybody, so if you, if you didn't get a lot, don't feel bad, and if you didn't feel like writing or whatever, that's okay. Maybe next time, though, you can give it a shot. Um, I found that for whatever reason, a good analogy for me with, like at the end where it says, just start writing, a lot of people don't. And I think it's the same reason why a lot of people don't like speaking in tongues out loud, like in front of other people. Um, it's pride is what's behind that. Don't be offended. I'm just saying. Um, what it is is we, we have a pride to not want to look stupid or feel stupid, even to ourselves. Even more so to other people, but even to ourselves. And so sometimes we don't do something that we know we should do because of that. Does that make sense? Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever had a teacher say, all right, everybody do this, and you're like, nope. Everybody had, anybody had Paul come up here one time and be like, we're going to do this little light of mine. Everybody hold up your finger. And you're like, I ain't holding my finger. It's not like you're a rebel or a jerk or anything like that. You're just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, nope. Not doing that. Whereas, you know, would it hurt you to hold up your finger and look silly? You know, Jesus a few times says things like, unless you have the faith like a child who's willing to do silly stuff, then... Um, so that might happen, you know, the loud noise. That's God speaking to us in a different kind of way. Um, but just something to think about. Um, and I'm not trying to shame anybody who didn't want to write anything. That's, that's not what this is about. But it's just a thought. Like, um, I used to do this with singing in tongues. I, I, for whatever reason, I never had a problem speaking in tongues. But when Paul or anybody, when I was younger, anybody would say, we're going to sing in tongues now, I'd be like, I'm not going to opt out of that, not engage. And 
it's not like God was judging me for that or anything, but at one point, God eventually said to me, why don't you just maybe do that? I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do it. And he's like, huh, wonder what that's about. And I'm like, yeah, what is that about? Why do I really strongly not want to do this? Like, no, like, I am not going to do this. And like, when I took a step back and looked at my own emotions, like my own behavior, I was like, that's actually weird. Like, the degree to which I'm fighting doing this is odd to me. So there must be something going on there. And so I thought about it, I prayed about it, and I was like, well, there's, it's pride. Somewhere deep down, it's pride. That's kind of the root of most sins, right? So somewhere down there, it's I don't want to do it because I just don't want to obey. I want to do my own thing. Or because uh, I don't want to look dumb or something like that. But like we're all doing it, so we all look equally dumb. I think that's the point of tongues as a gift is to humble ourselves. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. The gift of tongues is the only gift that we don't see in the Old Testament. It's a new covenant only spiritual gift. And it's the only one that's mentioned that's new covenant only. And I think a big part of the reason tongues exists is so that we learn God is God and we get to humble ourselves. And that that role is very clear to us. (laughs) And to help us make that role clear, he makes us do something that is, frankly, dumb. Babble in a language that I don't understand. Let the Holy Spirit speak through me. That's me giving up control and letting him do that. And we don't like to do that. We don't like to give up control. We don't like to not make sense. And so, anyway, there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think there are some similarities when it comes to hearing the voice of God for people. It's like, nope, God doesn't speak to me, and we sort of close ourselves off to it. Um, Or maybe we say, God speaks to me in this way sometimes, this way sometimes, and that's it. And we... We like to partition God into little parts of our lives. Whereas Jesus is like, hey, I want to be Lord of like your whole life. Um, and so for me, hearing is an act of humility. When you think of the metaphor that Jesus gives in John 10 of sheep and shepherd, sheep are humble, com- certainly compared to the shepherd. Right? The shepherd is totally in charge of the sheep. And if the shepherd doesn't help them get food, they'll starve because sheep are dumb. That's just like a thing that sheep are, is not intelligent. Um, But they're emotionally very intelligent, what they call emotional intelligence. They can learn how to recognize their own voice, uh, how to recognize their shepherd's voice. They learn their own name. So that when Jesus says, I call my own sheep by name, and they follow me, like that's a thing sheep will do. Shepherds can call their, their sheep by name, and the sheep will come, like a dog or a good cat. Well, I mean, if, you, if, if we wanted to talk about pride, cats might be a good example of that. Because cats know their names. All cats know their names, and they can come if they want. And they just go, no. I'm going to sit here and lick my arm instead. And, you know, prideful. You know, I could, I could make the, no, never mind. That, that would throw everyone off. Um, so anyway, um, hearing from God takes some humility. It takes us realizing the truth of the fact that we are sheep. We're not as smart as we think we are. We're not as competent as we think we are. God is actually supposed to be in control. And the more we give him control of our lives, the better off everything in our life is going to be. And the more we're going to learn how to hear him, the more we humble ourselves. So in this exercise, did anybody feel like they, they heard anything that they want to share? Yeah. So you have practice. I have practice. I've good, done it good, for great. Years, so I, this is like, I was going to do it. My journals often begin with, this is really stupid.
Praise God. Okay, so that was obviously amazing, right? And, but don't feel bad because, like you said, she's practiced that for a while, right? King David didn't wake up one day and decide, I'm going to write psalms now, and just he went to town. No, like it takes time spent in the presence of God and practice. I'm sure most of David's songs didn't make it into the book, right? Um, and so as we practice, we get better at hearing. And the way she wrote that even was almost like a psalm. It was very poetic. It had cadence to it, the way she wrote it. Um, and that's really cool. And sometimes that's the way God speaks. He doesn't always speak that way. He doesn't always speak poetically. But sometimes he does. Um, next week, we're going to talk about how to test a word to determine whether or not it's from God. Um, the main way, I'll just give you a sneak preview, the main way is scripture. God's word will never disagree with God's word. Right? God's not schizophrenic. And so he didn't write this one day, and now he's saying something different than that. Right? So whatever God says today, we'll agree with this. And I, I was, as she was going, I'm like getting, thinking of scripture references to just about every line she said. There's a scripture reference to it. So it was very biblical, um, what it was that she wrote down. So that's really awesome. And so that's, that's a way to test. Yes. I mean, if it's, if, it's, if it's biblical and it's encouraging, then that's good. Um, so that was, that was great, and probably encouraging to some of us here, the spe specificity of that. I especially like the fact that we are free, like already. Not we're becoming free, or we'll, Jesus will free us, but we're free now. For whatever it is that's hindering us, we're already free from it. And that is very biblical. Exactly, that's very biblical. Because of what Jesus already did on the cross, past tense, we are free, present tense. We don't have to work our way into freedom somehow. We're already there. We might not act like we're free. We might not think like we're free, but we're free. Like the, sla the slaves that were let go of e in Egypt and went into the wilderness, they were free, but they still had the mind of slaves. And so they still acted that way, even though they were still captives in their mind. And that's why they just did nothing but grumble and complain. They didn't trust the Lord. They all died in the wilderness because they hadn't been renewed in their mind. Whereas God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's really, really important to know. We are free. Okay. So bonus sermon there from the Holy Spirit. Good job, Holy Spirit. And that's why this stuff is so fun, right? When we learn to hear from the Lord, it's, sometimes it's just for us. Sometimes it's for our family or our spouse or, or, or the church. You know? So that was encouraging for the whole church. Um, and it's really cool when God speaks to you especially when you maybe are in a little bit of a difficult situation or a little down or something like that, and God speaks life into you, that's just like, whoa. I mean, not only is it awesome, just because it's awesome to have some God speak life into you, but it's, it's so humbling. It's like, whoa, you, you took the time to speak to me in my situation, and it was so encouraging and so awesome. And so the better we get at learning to hear the voice of our shepherd, the better literally everything in our life becomes. Literally. I mean, what's a sheep going to do if it doesn't know how to hear its shepherd? It's going to get lost. It's going to end up following the wrong shepherd. It's going to follow a different voice. Whereas in John 10, Jesus says, my sheep will not follow a stranger because they don't recognize his voice. They will follow me because they recognize my voice. And how does a sheep learn how to recognize the voice of their shepherd? Well, they're just with them all the time. That's it. This is the one-step process to learning how to hear the voice of God. It's only one step. Spend time with the shepherd. That's it. This is not rocket science. You don't have to attend a master class or anything like that. Okay? It is one step, and you practice that one step over and over and over all the time. As often as you can, you spend time in the presence of God. And sometimes that means maybe doing this and being targeted and listening and trying hard specifically to listen. Um, scripture we did last time. These are targeted questions. Paul said last week that he often asks yes or no questions. So there's different ways to maybe do it specifically. But we can also just spend time in the presence of God without like actively trying to hear. I'm trying to hear. I'm trying so hard. Sometimes we can just relax and spend time in the presence of God. Um, because sheep aren't usually actively trying to hear. Speak to me, shepherd! You know? But they are tuned into the shepherd and listening. And so I think that's what we're supposed to try to go for to eventually get to the place where we're always kind of tuned in to the Holy Spirit. We're always walking in the presence of God. We're always living in that place 
That's what I think Paul meant when he said, pray without ceasing. I think that's what he was saying. He was saying, pick up the phone in the morning and just don't hang up. Keep your Bluetooth in one ear all day with God and just don't hang up. And realize that spiritually, we're always in the presence of God whether we feel it or not. And that's a big deal. Some people say, oh, I love worship because I'm in the presence of God and I love feeling that way. But it's like, we're always in the presence of God. Because when we were adopted as children, God, God put us in Christ, it says. So you can't get much more in the presence of God than being in Christ, right? And then he put the Spirit of God in us. So the Holy Spirit is in here. So you're always in the presence of God. God is always with you no matter what, whether you feel it or not. So you can always hear. You can always listen. And I think God is almost always communicating to us in one way or another. Um, it, it's not always words but it is communication. If Andrew, he's, Andrew's almost 11, my son, but he still loves to snuggle, which makes me so happy, because I'm super snuggly. And so he'll still crawl up into my lap sometimes and just snuggle in there, right? And I don't have to communicate anything to him in that moment. He doesn't have to tell me any, or I don't have to say anything in that moment. He doesn't have to say anything either, but we're still communicating, right? We're communicating love, and I'm communicating fatherhood and protection and safety, and he's communicating that he loves me and he wants to be with me and he wants to spend time with me. Like, there's a lot of communication happening there on a nonverbal level. And the truth is that most communication is nonverbal when you're talking about a close relationship, an intimate relationship. And this is something that, you know, social science has proven years and years ago, that most human communication is nonverbal. And so if somebody you don't know walks into the room and you say, hey, how's your day? And they say, fine. You don't know what that means just by the word. They only said one word. You don't know what that word means. Fine. What does that mean? So what, how do you figure out what they meant? What do you think? What's that? Ask some questions. Okay. How else maybe? Body language. Yeah. Tone of voice. Like, did they say, fine, or fine? Or, fine. Okay. Those all mean different things. Those all mean very different things. The words are identical. This is why sometimes interpreting scripture is difficult, too. We don't hear tone of voice. Anybody ever got a text that was given in, the, in a different tone of voice than you thought it was given in? Anybody ever accidentally text something to someone and you don't get a response? You're like, why didn't they respond? And you read it over and you're like, oh, I didn't mean this. You know, like, or just so you know, uh, that's what emojis were invented for. Like, can you please do this now or else we won't have dinner in time? Smiley face. You know, just so you know, I'm not nagging. I'm not yelling at you. Smiley face, right? That's why we put emojis in there. But so, like, I've gotten texts before where I'm like, are you, you sound like you're swearing at me almost in this text, what is going on. But nope, it was just quick. Like, actually, Paul. <coughs> if anyone has ever communicated with Paul textually, whether text, text message or email, okay, where there's no tone of voice involved, he, he is very brief, let's put it that way. Um, but brief can come off as curt. It can come off as non-caring. You know, depending on what your frame of mind is, if you get a short, if you send, a, I've often sent multi-page emails and gotten sounds good, you know. <laughs> That's not a joke. This is, the, I, I can show you the evidence. Um, and like, you know, if I didn't know him and wasn't secure in myself, I might be like, well, gosh. That, that wasn't very nice. Whereas if you know Paul, he never means anything not nice. You know, like he doesn't, he, Paul, I, I have yet to meet angry Paul. I'm sure he exists somewhere deep down in there, but I've never met him. And, and so like when you know someone, you know what they mean. You don't jump to the wrong conclusions, right? When you know someone well, you really know what they mean. And when you know someone really well, you, you barely even have to look at the text. For example, they could walk in the room and you know exactly what's up. Your spouse, your kids, your, your parents. They could walk in the room. No one else would be able to tell if it's something's really wrong. You can tell. 
right? We've all experienced this. We maybe just haven't thought about it. Nonverbal communication. They don't even have to try to communicate. All they did was walk in the room, and you're like, oh, I'll be right back. You know? <laughs> kids hate that because kids haven't yet learned that that's how it works. Um, especially some, some people uh, don't hide their emotions on their face at all. Like they display them. Uh, my wife cannot lie because you can tell. You know, sometimes it's like, I'm not upset. Tell your face. You know? And Kaylee is the same way. Kaylee cannot hide any, any, anything at all. She cannot hide it, uh, which is brilliant as a parent because you know when something's wrong. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't know. But nonverbal communication is extremely important. So the closer we are in relationship, the more nonverbal communication plays a role, right? And so how close are we supposed to be in relationship with God? Super close, right? Like as close as possible. And so... How much do you think nonverbal communication is going to play a role in our relationship with God? A ton. A ton. I would say, you know, social scientists say like up to 80% of communication is nonverbal. Um, I don't know if it's quite that high. 80% is really high. But let's say that's true. If 80% of, of what God communicates to us is nonverbal and we're only listening for words, we're missing four out of every five things God's trying to communicate. Right? And so... How do we get that nonverbal communication? How do we learn to understand it? Well, the same way. We, one step process. We just spend more time with God. It, it, sometimes if you've heard me prophesy, you, you will hear me say things like, I feel God smiling towards you. That's something I would say once in a while. And if you don't know any context of this kind of stuff, you'd be like, that's the weirdest sentence I've ever heard. But what it is, is I literally sense the smile of God. How do I describe that? I have no idea. I mean, sometimes you're with someone else, and you can tell they're smiling without looking at their face. Sometimes you're, you're holding a child, and you can tell they're upset without seeing their face. You can just tell. How? I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> I don't know how, when my wife walks in the room, if there's something wrong, I can tell. Or, or if today's thing she was concerned about went really, really well, I can tell right away. I don't know how. I can't explain that to you. I can just say that that's true. I know that's true. And the same is true with God. The more time we spent with God, the more we sense his emotions. And the psalmist and a lot of the more poetic language, especially in the Old Testament, talks about this a lot, about God's emotions, sensing God's heart, feeling what God feels. Help me feel what you feel towards the lost, towards myself, my own sin, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's communication, but it's not necessarily verbal communication. It's, it's heart to heart. It's emotional. Sometimes you can look at somebody, hug them, cry for 10 minutes, and walk away, and that was a book worth of stuff that was spoken in that moment, and you never said a word. Like if a friend is really upset, sometimes the best thing you can do is sit down and cry with them. They lost their dad. You sit and you cry with them. You don't have to say it's going to be okay, blah, 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 blah. I used to always try to come up with the best speech to give. And I wondered why it never worked. Because I can come up with good speeches. And finally, a female, obviously, friend. <laughs> no offense, guys. Um, a female friend was like, just sit down and cry when they cry. And I was like, sounds dumb, but okay. And guess what? She was right. She was right. Um, and that's what God, God says, I mourn with those who mourn. I weep with those who weep. He doesn't say, I talk to those who weep so that they're not sad anymore. No, that's not how it works. When we mourn, he mourns with us. And he's there. He's always there. And eventually we get out of that mourning phase, or we're at least half and half. <laughs> and then eventually we're all the way out. God is incarnate. He has become part of our lives. He's become part of our system, and he lives this life with us. Gwen, been very patient holding your hand up. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I'm just making this up now, but I might describe it as like use the same organ, spiritual organ, like if you pretend you know heart, mind, ear. If you have a spiritual organ that, that does, that senses God, your spirit, it's the same organ, but they're doing different things. And like the, when you talk about the presence of God or the anointing of the Holy Spirit, like there are different types of anointing. There's an anointing to preach, an anointing to heal, an anointing to prophesy. And an anointing um, to uh, combat the forces of darkness, okay? And the more you spend, the more time you spend in the presence of God and under the anointing of God, the more you learn how to recognize the differences between them. And so sometimes you'll see speakers who are like, I'm sensing God is here to heal right now. That's what they're saying. They're not saying, God said, I'm here to heal right now. That's usually not the way it is. It's just practice. They've, they know the, the, the spiritual sensation, so to speak, of the anointing for healing, and they know that, the, I guess it's healing time, because the healing, the spirit of healing is here. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being the sevenfold spirit. And seven isn't the specific number, it's the many number, the number of many things, right? And so the spirit does many things. There's many anointings. There's many presences, so to speak, but they're all the same God, all one God, all one thing. Um, and so, um, but the way, to, the way to improve or get better at all of these is the same, and that's spend time in the presence of God. Because the more time you spend with him, the better you get to know him, and the more you will start to automatically recognize his voice. And that's the main word, I think, that Jesus says here that we need to worry about, is recognize. Yeah, John. And then, then we'll get to Gwen in a second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Um, different times. I mean, there's there's a time for both. Um, I think we we over spiritualize it if we say I'm. I'm going, to make, I'm going to change my quiet time to being three hours every day, and then I'll be more spiritual. Well, that might not necessarily be what God wants you to do. More time isn't necessarily better or more spiritual. Um, like you said, the Lord's Prayer is very brief. Um, and so there's plenty of time for brief prayers. And many of us, as we go out throughout our day, we don't have time to pause in the middle of our day and pray for a half hour about an issue. Sometimes we don't have time to pause at all because we're in the middle of a conversation. How many times have you been talking to someone and say, God, help me with this conversation? That counts. <laughs> I, I, I heard a, somebody when I was a youth talk about it like arrow prayers. He, he called them arrow prayers. It's like you just shoot a quick one up there. Sometimes, sometimes you take a long time and you craft something and you think about something and you're really trying, to, trying hard, um, like Jesus in the garden maybe. Um, and other times you're just like, ah, that's all I got. I got one second for a prayer. God, help me. Help me with this person. Bless this person. What are you trying to say to this person? Whatever it is that you're trying to do. Something really quick. Um, and so it just depends on the situation. And again, I think you follow the Spirit's leading. Um, if, like, you might be just spending time with God, and then as you're spending time with God, you're like, oh, I should really pray about this thing. And then you start praying about a specific thing. You hadn't gone into that time with God planning to pray about anything. The Spirit just sort of led you, and you're just like, oh, I, why do I keep thinking about this? Oh, maybe I should pray about it. So you start praying about it. And then that turns into a, wow, like you start really feeling like emotions even sometimes or a weight sometimes that you're like, what, what is this? And if, you, if you're not used to intercession, as many would call it, like you might not know what in the world is going on. But it's like the spirit of God saying, yes, you are one of the people I have chosen in a holy moment to right now pray for this thing. Something that might not have anything to do with you. The, the hurricane victims, for example. 
And all of a sudden you're like, oh, and sometimes your your spirit is grieved, and sometimes like people whine, whine or um, cry, weep. They don't know why they're weeping. And it's because the presence of God is just overwhelming their emotions. And it's more than their emotions can handle. That's all it is. Um, and it's not that like something sad happened or something really happy happened. They'd be like, why are you crying? I don't know. I'm fine. It's just my emotions are being overwhelmed by God. And sometimes that's about prayer, and sometimes it's about you know other things. Right, they were literally there. Did you, did you pray for a full hour and stay awake? It was fenced. Nobody can pray here, sorry. Sorry. Fortunately, we can pray anywhere. Uh, yeah, Ann. Yep. That's hard for me. <laughs> Seven dollars. <laughs> That's not a reason to learn how to hear the voice of God. I don't know what is. Right? That is, that is an awesome story. <laughs> it's, you know, sometimes you get it wrong. But that, that's, I mean, this is a good, this is a great example. First of all, way to go, way to listen, you know, because even though you had said no, because you assumed that was just you. And, and that's, the, that's the recognizing thing that I'm talking about. She was actually sensing God saying, Jack, you know, maybe there's an angel standing next to it going, ah, it's pink, it's beautiful, you know, but she was like, oh, that's just me. You know, I don't need that. She logicked herself out of it, you know, and then she sort of felt it again, and no, 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 so the two or three times she did that, and finally God's like, okay, I actually need you to buy this jacket, for real, you know, and she was still listening, and then she didn't doubt that time, and she bought it, and it made a huge impact on somebody, and, and, and gave an amazing story as well, and so learning how to recognize is difficult. It takes, there's, there's more failure than success. It's like a kid learning to walk, Okay. They don't say, hi, I'm crawling, and then, oh, I'm cool, I'm walking now with no problems, and I'm never going to fall. Like, no, 
that's ridiculous. But that's what we want when it comes to spiritual stuff. We're like, oh, learning how to hear the voice of God? Okay, I expect to do this very well immediately. And if I cannot, I will not try it. It's like, well, when is that ever true with anything in life, right? That's just not how life works. We have to try. We have to practice. We have to do things. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more we, time we spend with God, the more we know God. And we're like, that is something God would say. That is something God would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, I don't know if that was the word of God, but that is something God would say. So that's a good start, right? Like maybe someone else gives you a word or something like that, and you're like, hmm, and we'll talk more about this next week. Is that true? I don't know. Well, is, does that sound like something God would say? It's like, no, then okay, now we need to figure this out. Because it could be that you're wrong, and God is saying that. <laughs> or it could be that you're right. And so, yeah. Excuse me. Yep. It's true, and, and, and we have to do both. I'm an advocate of both spending time with God in sort of free-form manner, but we also need to spend time with God in focus. Like what we did earlier, that's focus, right? What we did last time with the scriptures is focus. In the morning, when I have you know, a prayer time in the morning, I try to ask God, all right, what do you want to do today? What do you need to say to me about this day? Help me to be open to listen all day long, but knowing myself that sometimes I'll be busy and I might not, I might have accidentally hung up the phone. You know what I mean? That happens. And you're like, oh, shoot. Why am I so upset right now? Oh, well, if I hadn't hung up the phone, I probably wouldn't have gotten this upset because God would have been like, it's okay. No one cares. Relax. Um, it's not a big deal. He's just upset or he's a jerk. Just leave him alone. Um, but we do need to focus as well. So it's, it's both and. And I think as we practice both things, um, we'll get better at listening. We will get better at both. We'll get better at asking God specific questions and getting answers or looking at specific scriptures and having God speak to us. And we'll also get better at just recognizing in general the voice of God and what the voice of God is like, um, just like a sheep does. Yeah. Did you have something? A coupon? Stopping with your husband So I'm glad Joel wasn't with you. Sorry, sorry. That's funny. Yeah, yeah.
Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Jesus is always talking, always communicating, I should say. Not always words, but he's always communicating. And the Holy Spirit is like the translator or like the radio, maybe, that helps us to tune in and listen. Because Jesus said, he's going to remind you of everything I said. He's going to lead you into all truth. Those are, these are the things he said about the Holy Spirit. And so, like, when we're following God, we're following Jesus, but we're following Jesus through following the Holy Spirit. And that's all, you know. When you talk about the Trinity, it can get a little sticky. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's God, right? Um, but yes, it's a, having that connection with the Holy Spirit is important because if you're, if you're closed off to all that kind of stuff, the idea of hearing God probably isn't going to even occur to you. And I know a lot of Christians, sadly, who are like, no, like, God doesn't speak to me, can't speak to me, won't speak to me, whatever word they want to use, which I'm just like, you've read this, right? This whole book is about God speaking to his people. The whole stinking book. You think he retired after he finished this? As soon as Revelation was done, he's like, all right, I'm going on vacation. I'll be in Cabo if you need me. No. The Holy Spirit does what he always does, because God doesn't change. Steve. Is anybody else old enough to remember the show Classes? Did anybody see that? Um, I'm making cool stories, but in Popper, there's this young, cool couple that, they're in a sports car, and they hit a tree and they die, and their bodies are out, and the ghosts get up, and they're looking at each other, and they go, oh man, we're dead. And they, their friend Popper, he was this they went back to his place, and he can see him. No one else can. And so the whole show is, we get this ghost vision of him. We can see him, but no one else in the show can see him. Anyway, this is, that actual, that little thing helped me. Years ago, I started visualizing, visualizing Jesus with me. Mm-hmm. I totally visualized him. I invited him to do everything with me. I'm a yapper. I like to talk, and I'm alone all day in the back room. I talk to him all day. I believe that he's in my truck with me. And then, um, and he really does answer stuff like that. And the, the other day, I was, uh, I had to bring in this 12-foot roll vinyl <laughs> on my shoulder, and I had to get it up some switchback steps, and there was no way it was going to go up there. And I said, come on, Jesus, or at least an angel, give me a hand here. How am I going to get, it won't turn, and it literally can't go. The door in front of me went open, didn't blow open, there was no wind. <laughs> The door opened. I mean, it, was, it hadn't been shut all the way anyway. There wasn't a lock thing in. But it was just sitting there. There was no wind. The door opened, and I went, oh, duh. Okay, I walk out the door and back up the steps. I mean, I know he does that. For, and then, like, if I'm in my shop. But if you don't ask. Yeah, and when I'm in my shop, I go, come on, Jesus, let's hang out in the shop. I know you like doing it. Especially if it has to do with wood. I go, you're the expert. And then. And there's sometimes when I'll go, and this has happened, I'm not kidding, 50 times. I'll go, Lord, where did I put that post? Where did that thing go? After I'm looking and looking and looking, I go, come on, man, I'm doing all the heavy lifting. Find me that bolt, will you? And it'll be like, look under that cardboard, rolled under there. I'll look under there, it is like a wow thing. But he, and then your thing with the radio, you know, we got got 100 stations, and they say the waves are going through our head anyway, right? <laughs> Good, bad, and different. They're all in there, and like you said, you Yep, that's great. And those are great examples, and that's real. Like, God is real, and he actually does want to help us. Even with stuff that might seem silly, like find me that bolt. It wasn't silly in the moment. I've lost my keys. I've lost lots of stuff. We used to lose, um, Kaylee, Kaylee had this little... We did not used to lose Kaylee. No, we used to lose Kaylee, and we were like, Jesus, where's our kid? No, no, that's why you have your wife when you preach. Um, Kaylee had this little, like, rattle, animal, like, lovey thing that she had to have. It was a one-of-a-kind. They stopped making it, blah, 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 blah. She used to lose it every day, all the time. And I swear there was an angel whose only job was to find that stupid thing. And he was good. We always found it. Yeah, and then if you think of, like, you know, God said he'll make us a bolt in us, and he lives in our hearts. Yep. Well, instead of, like, the arrow curve, I get the arrow curve quick shots, but for me, just personally for me anyway, instead of visualizing that I'm sending a prayer up to yep. heaven, I mean, the kingdom of God is within, right? Yep. I mean, I, it really helps to think that he's right. Yeah. He's 
just as real as as us right here, you know. Yep. It's just that real, and he's got a sense of humor. Come on. <laughs> he's not boring. Thank you for making my last point. <laughs> that was my last point. Is that God is here. And I like visualizing too. So sometimes I visualize him next to me. Sometimes I visualize myself like climbing into daddy's lap. There are different ways that I visualize. I'm just a visual person. But he is in you all the time. You are always, you can't get away from him for one thing. But also he's always there. You don't have to beg him to come. You don't have to find him. You don't have to worry about, oh, I've done something bad. He's going to leave me. He will never leave you or forsake you. It, he'll just send a whale to swallow you. <laughs> He can handle that. He can control the whales. He's done it a lot. Um, there have been times in my life where I'm like, I better, I better listen up or there's going to be a big fish in my future. You guys are doing a fantastic job of preaching today. That wasn't that wasn't one of them. Yeah. That's good. Yep. It's a good problem to have. So be encouraged. It's I mean there's a lot of worse problems. So that's yeah, and it's going to be great. And God gives us those opportunities so that we learn and grow and force to humble ourselves and all that good stuff. But yeah, we'll be praying. We'll be praying for that. And David, I know, trying to decide where to go to college, that's a tough one. So we'll be praying for you, to you too. So why don't we end in prayer? And um, I know we all have specific things, but instead of that, I want to end with just like, just like 90 seconds of silence and just us kind of tuning in our radios to the Holy Spirit and I try to do this several times a day it really helps me feel I don't know what the right word is new age people use the word centered which kind of works for what I'm talking about actually um, it helps me feel grounded it helps me feel like I'm it's easier to stay in the presence of God when I just Take a minute or two and just 
realize I'm in God's presence. I often visualize, like Steve was saying, God being right next to me. So let's just spend a minute just being his sheep. Don't have to actively try to listen. Just spend some time with him. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you communicate to us all the time. And we ask that you would help us to get better at recognizing your voice. We're your sheep, and we, we want to learn how to recognize your voice. We pray that you would help us to get better at that. Help us to spend more time in your presence, um, both focused and free. Um, and that you would just continue to teach us. Lord, we confess that we <coughs> maybe haven't put as much effort into this as we should in the past, maybe. We confess the jackets that we've missed. And I'm sure we all have many. And we repent of that, Lord. Um, we don't want to dwell on that. We want to look forward. Um, and so help us to do that. Help us to be listening more so that the next time that happens, we're paying attention. And give us the boldness to just go for it. Seven bucks. Give us the boldness to go for it and to encourage one another. I pray that this would be a community where we can encourage one another in listening to God and in obeying. Um, encourage in the times that we do it wrong <laughs> and in the times that we do it right. And I thank you for this church family. I pray that you would bless all of us this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, gang. Um, couple real quick announcements. I know we're a little over time. Um, so Paul sends his greetings from Detroit. He'll be coming back soon. He's been there for a few days doing a little conference, and he spoke um, their services today. Uh, welcome back to Sachko and Matsumi. We already talked about that a little bit, but welcome back. 